Welcome to the Slob Sisters podcast, the show that explores the realistic art of modern homemaking, all of its challenges and all of its rewards. I'm Steph, a YouTuber and stay-at-home mom, former slob, and with me is my co-host and sister, Jill. Hello, everyone. I'm Jill, decluttering powerhouse and thrift store junkie. Welcome to today's episode, which is all about decluttering. I am so looking forward to today's discussion, but before we dive into it, we should probably mention that, first of all, we're together today. You're actually at my house, and we're beside each other recording, which is really fun. Yeah, instead of being 12 hours apart and doing it in our own closets, we're together, <laughs> sitting on Steph's bedroom floor doing it, so... It's very exciting to have you. Um, but let's begin with our weekly progress report. Yeah, so every week, um, we kind of just touch on something we've gotten accomplished this week, big or small. So what did you get done this week, Steph, for your progress report? Okay, mine I'm so excited about. This week I learned, and I will say mastered, uh, puffed wheat squares. That's impressive. Yeah, well, they're one of your favorite treats, but they're also my husband's favorite kind of baked treat. And I've tried them many times and failed. If, if no one knows what we're talking about, it's the kind of puffed wheat with chocolate and corn syrup all mushed together in a square, kind of like a Rice Krispie square, but puffed wheat and they're chocolate. Yeah, and it's hard to get like the exact temperature when you're cooking the corn syrup to make it either, mine always turn out rock hard or falling apart. So. Right. Yeah, so I did some research and I found this kind of like food scientist blog and he said the exact temperature is 235, so I was like very careful. I've done them a couple times and they're perfect. Uh, so it's worked out and I'm just so thrilled. Yeah, it's like you've taken baking to like a new nerdy level looking at this like food scientist blog. But anyways, I'm happy. I can't wait to try them. <laughs> yeah, well, and you know what? My daughter does the majority work. She's really into stirring. So there we so, go. Yeah. What about you? What was your progress this week? So I'm really happy. Um, well, although it was bittersweet, but I'm really happy to say that one of my goals for 2022, um, Steph and I did a video on that back in January, was to work closer to home. And this week I had my last day at my current location and I'm switching to a job that is about four blocks from my house. Yay! So, I'm so happy for you. Yeah, I mean right now I'm commuting about 45 minutes in the morning, about an hour after work, so it's gonna be a game changer. I'm gonna walk to work. It's so... I, I can't even imagine what it's gonna be like, so that was one of my goals for the year and I I'm finally going to be moving there and I'm so excited, but I do have to give a shout out to everyone who I worked with um, at my last clinic because they were so supportive of this podcast and I know they'll be listening. So hello to all of you guys Yay. and um, yeah, I'll really miss them, but I don't think you can compete with being four blocks away no. from home. So. And you can ride your e-bike. Exactly. <laughs> well, even it's so close that I'm even like, can I, is it even worth riding an e-bike? But I definitely will because it's quite uphill on the way back. So right. yeah. So I love that we take the time to point out these progresses every week. I recently learned something interesting um, from the Emily Nagoski book, Burnout, that gratitude is the root of all joy. You probably know that. But actually acknowledging actions instead of things is where you can really reap the rewards of 
practicing gratitude. So I encourage everybody to take a moment, stop and think about something that you've accomplished this week, as opposed to a thing that you own or you have, or even your current life situation, because yeah, those changes that you make, I guess that's really where you can reap some of this gratitude rewards. And speaking of things, let's jump right into today's episode, decluttering. Yes. So decluttering has been taking the world by storm. And if we had to name one topic on Steph's YouTube channel that has considered like the most popular, that gets the most comments and people want more of, it is definitely decluttering. Yeah, decluttering has been huge the last couple of years. And I think it's probably one of the first and maybe the most important step in having a really clean, stress-free home. And you know why that is. You cannot clean clutter. Yeah, you can just move it around, but if you don't get rid of things, it you're just not going to be able to to clean really. No, you really can't. And in this day and age, our consumer-based society, you know, where we just feel like we want more and more things and everybody's so good at advertising stuff to us, it just leads to more and more houses getting pretty out of control with clutter. Absolutely. And I mean, there's entire shows now exclusively devoted to decluttering. We've got yeah. Hoarders, which was kind of one of the first ones, um, tidying up with Marie Kondo and editing with the home edit. And it's becoming really popular and mainstream. Yeah. So I think let's like start at the beginning of decluttering because not everybody obviously has a house like hoarders, but not everybody's, you know, at that Marie Kondo. Most of us are kind of somewhere in that medium range and we need to find the place that works best for us. So let's start. Where does this clutter come from? Because let's be honest, no one's endeavoring to fill their house to the brim with stuff. It just kind of happens slowly. And then one day I feel you look around and there's just stuff everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm interested in the moment when our stuff and things become junk. I mean, it's not like we purchase things in the store with the intention of throwing it in the dark closet and forgetting about it. So at what point do we just go from having like a good amount of stuff to just junk piling up? Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure like, as we discuss, it's probably going to come out that like it really depends on how much stuff you have to begin with if you already have a really cluttered home that's full of stuff the transition from stuff to junk probably happens faster whereas I know people who live more of a minimal lifestyle or at least are very conscious of the things they're bringing in are probably valuing their stuff a little bit more and not just letting it fall in the corner. I know I've had times where I kind of go on shopping sprees with clothing and suddenly nothing has value as opposed to buying one really special thing and then cherishing it. Yeah, absolutely. I think both you and I are bad for not really buying like quality. We we love thrift shopping. Yeah. And even though I am, you know, a self-proclaimed decluttering master, I still bring in a ton of stuff into my house, mm-hmm. mostly from the thrift store. So, I mean, I don't think it matters how much you can declutter. If you're still bringing stuff in, it's easy to build up. So yeah, if it's on sale, I'm all about just absolutely <laughs> grabbing them. Well, it's cheap, so I yeah. may as well buy it. I w- that's definitely a mentality shift that needs to happen at our house. Yeah. So I was doing some research preparing for this episode, and one thing I learned kind of about clutter and stress was, according to Psychology Today, um, clutter causes stress because of its excessive visual stimuli. It signals to our brain that our work is never done, creates guilt, anxiety, and just overwhelm. And I totally get that. Yeah, definitely. When my house is um, messy or untidy, 
I just sometimes feel like I cannot relax. And this is why, like I often say, you know, a tidy house is more fulfilling than a clean house because when your stuff is scattered everywhere, you just, yeah, I think you're right. It just feels like nothing's ever done. Absolutely. It doesn't matter how clean your house is. If you've got stuff everywhere, it's, you know, not going to feel peaceful. And I remember our mom telling us this a while ago. She was kind of into the feng shui movement about not keeping things under your bed. Right. And that is something I've always kind of kept with. It's just kind of having that like peaceful under the bed when you're sleeping (laughs) as opposed to sleeping on just like a bunch of clutter. And I think that there's like, I don't know, a good point in that. Yeah. Well, there's definitely little places where it hides and, and starts to build. And it really brings to mind, like, how is this starting? Where does your clutter start? Is it under the bed? How does it happen? Well, I think there's certain places in the home where clutter definitely does build up quicker. It starts slowly building up in a few unassuming places. And I know you talk about a lot of these on your YouTube channel. So why don't you kind of talk about some of the places you think it kind of builds up the quickest and fastest. Right. So I call them clutter gardens. It's a new (laughs) term I've coined, but I just mean it's places where the little seeds of clutter get planted and then we start watering them with more stuff and they soon get out of control and, and overflow. So some of the main ones for me, and I think a lot of people are your hot spot. And what I mean by that is kind of your drop spot when you come in the house where you're dropping mail and paperwork and things you brought in and kids lunch boxes it's the it's just the drop spot for all things that don't really have a home but could have a home but you haven't given them a home so that's kind of a a huge one a lot of people use their kitchen counter or a desk or you know a chair in the entryway if you're listening to this I know you're visualizing your hot spot (laughs) right now Um, another place is a closet so dark spaces where you can just throw things and shut the door and forget about them and we always talk about the Monica closet from Friends Yeah. Where, you know, she has this closet that's just like full of stuff, even though she's a complete neat freak. She has this one secret place that she has just so much stuff. And if you open the door, all these things come (laughs) tumbling out. Have you had that happen? Um, yeah. I mean, I've definitely had those moments where my closets are, uh, are a bit of a a fright to see. So everybody has probably at one time cleaned up for company to come and just thrown a bunch of stuff into a closet and shut the door and be like, look how neat and tidy. But I mean, we do have to deal with it. And then also your closet, like your clothing closet, right? It just feels unlimited. Like you can just keep stuffing more t-shirts in there. But you brought up an interesting point about how much of our clothes we actually wear. Yeah. So same time when I was doing this research, it was talking about how we wear 20% of the clothes that we own 80% of the time and the rest just kind of hangs there just in case. And I know that's definitely the case for me. And I have my favorite pair of jeans and the other ones are just kind of there. And I wear them sometimes because I feel sorry for them. <laughs> but otherwise, like, some of my clothing legit gathers dust. Right? <laughs> yeah. I know. i sorry. I have some sweaters just to keep the other sweaters company that I, I know. actually wear. But it's interesting. We talked about quality earlier because I do feel like the high quality pieces that I purchase and spend money on, I really cherish them. And they really do get the most wear. Absolutely. I yeah. agree. Maybe I should give up thrifting. <laughs> oh, well, we get some good finds there. But yeah. yeah. So um, in terms of other places in the home that build up clutter, I mean, this is a big one for me. I know growing up for us, it was pretty bad is the garage. Yes. So oh, us too. I mean, like the closet, very easy to just kind of build things up in there and then forget about it. And it's also a place I think it's the last place you think about cleaning when you're cleaning your house. So it kind of doesn't get as much attention. Yeah. I think any of these spaces, and we're talking about these clutter seeds, any of these spaces where you can shut the door and not see them is kind of a really easy place to start. I know a lot of people have clutter in the guest room 
because it's just oh just chuck it on the bed in the guest room and then suddenly guests are coming and oh my goodness <laughs> then, what? Yeah, then it goes in the garage and then, then on the hot the spots gr- yeah exactly. <laughs> just move the clutter about <laughs> yeah and so once some of these spots begin to fill up and they're literally full the drawers full the closet door can't shut we begin to overflow our clutter into other areas and on and on and on. It's something we have to pay constant attention to or it really can get out of control fast. So what are some of the reasons you think that it's like building up in these spaces and filling up in the first place? Because there's got to be a reason. We're not just thinking this is the best place to just chuck more and more things into our junk drawer. Yeah, and I mean, I think the first thing, and this is where the hotspot really comes in, is not having a home for everything. I mean, that hotspot comes to be when you you know, something doesn't have a home, you just kind of put it there and then all those things start building up. So really taking the time when you bring something in your home and having a place for it. But I mean, that's hard. That's, you know. Sure. But I think everything can have a place, you know, even if you're bringing in mail and think, oh, I'll put this here and deal with it later. It doesn't have to sit on your kitchen counter. You could have an inbox for it, like a special file Mm -hmm. folder or maybe a little decorative container that it could go in. So at least it's kind of adding a little bit more peace into your home as opposed to just mail strewn about it's still going somewhere but at least you know exactly where it is yeah we have like a little thing on our wall that has you know little slots for each person so when I bring the mail in I don't have to worry about who's getting what mail I can just put it in their little slots and they can deal with it then and it's it's kind of decorative and nice as well so I've seen that and also you're probably throwing away the junk mail at the same time absolutely yeah which I don't do I often just (laughs) put it on my hotspot and then My husband's going through the mail and it's just all this junk. Like why? I could have just dealt with that anyways. But speaking of not putting stuff away, that's kind of the second reason this stuff is building up. It doesn't have a home and then you don't put it there. So if you're not putting your stuff away, obviously it's just laying out and being cluttered. Yeah. Here's something interesting I've learned. I was reading about organizing on a blog and one thing that this particular person mentioned was don't organize your home in a way that you're using, that you're putting your stuff where you're using it. Organize your home so all of your stuff is easier to put away. So even if you're like thinking, oh, scissors are kind of a crafting thing, I'll put them in the craft room, but the majority of the time you're using scissors all over the house, have your home for the scissors in a place that's easier to put away. So maybe a drawer in your kitchen or alongside your cutlery, wherever it's going to be easiest for you to put away rather than going all the way back to your craft room or your office and putting them in that drawer, find a place that's easiest. So there are ways to kind of hack this putting your stuff away too. Yeah, and I know you've talked about that where when you put your dishes in certain places, you have your dishwasher close to where it's easiest to put things away. Yeah, Not necessarily grabbing things when you're doing it. So another reason I think which kind of comes hand in hand with all of this is just being busy and rushed. Mm -hmm. And so we're not putting things away. We're not finding homes for places. We're just dropping things. And I know this is a big one for me when I'm coming in the door. My front entryway is basically just a dumping grounds for everything I've used throughout the day. And it's, you know, something I deal with every few days. Days, which yeah. is bad is you know my gym bag and my kids lunches and my lunches and there's so many things that can just get dropped yeah um swim clothes yeah so it's hard when you're busy and rushed to kind of take that time right but I mean at some point you do have to go back and clean those things up so that time still has to be spent and really we need to shift the mentality to spend the time right away rather than waiting to spend the time and Absolutely. doing it later because Either way, you're putting this stuff away. Yeah, Whether exactly. you do it now or later. But if you do it now, you don't have to look at it all the time. And you're reducing that kind of mental load as well. Okay, so once our house is totally cluttered, <laughs> it's full of stuff. Because I know some people are listening and are like, oh, 
how do I even start? Where do I start? My house is overwhelming me. I don't even want to look at it. I want to go lay under the covers and cry. <laughs> I've also felt that. <laughs> so how can we declutter our homes back to kind of a minimalized state? And I just want to know when we say minimal, I don't mean like laying on the floor on a bamboo mat. I just mean having the things you need and nothing more. Yeah, no extras just strewn about. It's having the necessities without the added clutter around that cause that kind of stress and overwhelm and stuff like that. Because getting rid of that clutter also, which would probably make anyone excited, eliminates about 40% of housework in the average home. So it's making cleaning and housework and tidying a lot easier. I think that bears repeating. 40% (laughs) less housework. If you ever needed a call to action (laughs) for decluttering your house, please let this be it. Because seriously, let's save ourselves so much time and effort. Really, I'm spending the majority of my time, I think, tidying up versus cleaning. Especially because I've got little kids. I mean, I have a cleaning lady and I still feel like I'm constantly cleaning because I'm just tidying all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't clean bathtubs. I don't, you know, do the dusting and stuff like that. She does that for me, which is amazing. And yet I still feel like I'm constantly trying to catch up. So yeah, I'm tidying all the time, let alone the cleaning aspect. So I think getting rid of that stuff is extremely important. So do you have methods or anything that you recommend to people when they're starting out? Okay. So decluttering, I'm a big fan of two methods. One, the slow and steady method. This is when you're short on time, you're short on energy. You can only do a little space at a time. I always recommend doing one space at a time rather than everything. But you're doing one space at a time and slowly but surely you're going to get there. The second method I recommend is the, you know, full weekend or full month all out purge. Going through everything all at once. And again, this is going to depend on the time and energy you have. But a lot of people have so much satisfaction from getting it all done at once. I like to do an all out purge once a year. We're kind of in the middle of it right now over on my channel, whole house declutter, where I go through every drawer, no matter when I went through it last, do the whole house. And I also love the slow and steady. And that's more applicable to throughout the year, doing a drawer here, doing a drawer there as you're cleaning your house, tackling stuff slowly. Yeah, and I know I mentioned this last week or maybe a couple weeks ago that I always have a box in my house for donations. So it doesn't matter what I'm doing, you know, if I see something that I don't need, it can go in that box right away. And so it's that slow and steady. So there's just a constant decluttering process happening in my house. Totally. And you don't want to have to like look at that thing and think, oh, I don't really want it. I'll deal with it when I declutter. I've got the box out. You can deal with it right away. Yeah, that's awesome. So when I say I recommend starting small and going from there, Please, please, please do one small area at a time. I've learned this the hard way, that it is such a bad idea to take out and take on way too much at first. When you're feeling excited and motivated, taking out so much stuff, you don't have time to put it away. It often can make the whole situation way worse. I'm not saying it doesn't get worse before it gets better. Certainly, you're going to have boxes out for donations and bins out for garbage, but I really like to drive home the point of doing one small area, a drawer, a shelf, one half of your closet, just your underwear drawer, dealing with all of that and then moving on. Even when I'm doing the whole house purge, if you start pulling everything out all at once, it's going to get so confusing. Absolutely. So I think it's important having a system and a plan. Maybe make a list of areas in your home with clutter in them and start with the ones that make you the most crazy. Yeah, I love that because I swear I get the most motivation when I clean the dirtiest things. Like when I finally cleaned my shower at my old house, I was like, look at me. I'm on fire. I can do anything. So yeah, do these areas that make you the most crazy because they're making you the most crazy. Let's deal with them. Absolutely. And that might give you the motivation to kind of keep 
keep going into those other areas. Another thing that's important is getting support from the people in your home, if possible. So I know one thing you always mention is not decluttering other people's things. So do you want to kind of touch on that a bit? Yeah. So not decluttering other people's things is my rule number one of decluttering. And there are some caveats to that, but for the most part, if you're on a roll and you're motivated and your spouse or partner or someone in your house has a big box of what you would consider garbage, it's still their personal garbage that they might have some value in. And I know that you wouldn't appreciate someone throwing away your stuff or making decisions on your behalf. So if you can, get them involved. If they don't want to get involved, one thing I've done with my husband's stuff, because he comes to his decluttering (laughs) motivation sporadically, I, I kind of organize it. So he has some organized boxes of what I call junk, but they're important to him like his 300 CD collection, (laughs) for which we do not have a CD player. They're in the basement, they're labeled, they're organized. So it makes me feel like, okay, it's there. It's not all over the place, but I also haven't thrown it away. I've respected his stuff. So you're not necessarily keeping it exactly where it is, but when you're going through the decluttering, you're collecting other people's things and, you know, making it nice so they can find it and deal with it on their own time. Yeah, or even paperwork as I go through the house, I'll be like, hey, here's a stack of your papers I found, you know, all over the house. Where would you like them? And then he can put them where he wants. I will say, though, I did say a caveat at the beginning, and this is when you come to, like, kids of a certain age, younger, do try to get them involved or at least let them know or maybe consult them if you can. And then, obviously, um, when you have a death in your family or some house that you need to deal with, there is a time when you can declutter other people's stuff. But just going forward, just try to be so respectful of their things and why they might want to keep stuff that you don't consider to be useful or valuable at all. Yeah. So while you're kind of separating things, you know, into other people's belongings and your own, I think what's important is to keep things separate into separate boxes by you know, categories of keeping that you might have to put in another place, donating, selling, and tossing out. So what I like to do is keep like a little area of things that I'm selling and put it up right away. That way, when people want to buy it, I can actually find it because I'm probably not alone that when someone comes and they want to buy something for me from me, I can't find it. And that's, you know, that's unfortunate because you're losing out on that money. But one thing I like to say you is... You have lost something when someone came to buy from you yes. you can't find it? Yes. <laughs> and I know I'm not alone because my friends have said the same thing. Oh, really? <laughs> dig through this whole thing. Or I'll accidentally donate it. So keeping those things separate. And another thing is just getting those things out ASAP. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of times I know our mom is really bad for this. And sometimes I'm even bad for this. You put it in your trunk. Oh, a trunk of your car. Yeah. Yeah. And you just drive around with your donation boxes for like months. Yeah, right. (laughs) And you don't actually get rid of it. So make that kind of part of the process is not only collecting the things into the certain categories, but then dealing with them right away. So they're out of the house. Yeah, I agree. Especially because if you keep them in the house, especially for me, kids stuff, things start to migrate back out of the donation box and into our house because there is nothing more attractive than something you've decided to throw away to a child. Yeah. Right? And I like that you are saying to sell stuff right away because you there is big money in selling your old stuff. Someone else will find value in it. The minute I decide to sell something, and I have kind of a cap. I usually only sell stuff if it's $50 or more. Everything else I donate. I just don't really like dealing with Facebook Marketplace. But the minute I decide to sell something, I take a picture of it right then and there 
there. Don't worry about it being perfect and put it up. And then, like you said, it's right there and you can deal with it. And most things go within a day or two and, and then they're gone. I don't have to store them somewhere while I wait for them to sell. Yeah. And I agree what you said about kind of having a cap for how much you're willing to put up there. And I mean, that might be different for everybody. Maybe it's $5, maybe it's this, but I mean, I see some things on marketplace sometimes, you know, for 50 cents. And I think the amount of time that would take to correspond with someone for picking up, leaving it out. I mean, if you're really trying to make some progress in your home to get some things out of there, you should set a bit of a a cap so that you're not wasting a ton of time selling everything. Yeah. Use that time to declutter. Or if you have so much stuff, if you have so much stuff that you're putting (laughs) up 50 cent items, have a garage sale. You can make a bunch of money in one day. And then everything that doesn't sell is not allowed to come back in your house. It goes to donation. And if nobody wants, because if nobody wants to buy it at your garage sale, chances are Nobody wants to buy it. Yeah, and I mean, we'll be the ones coming there, like, spending a bunch of money at the garage sale. Yeah. As our dad says, it's just neighbors trading junk with each other <laughs> at garage sales. I don't care. I love garage sales. Yeah. It's it's so much fun. Take my money. Give me your old stuff. Exactly. Awesome. So, I love that you said, you know, getting it out right away, not letting it come back in. Get cutthroat about your stuff. Really look at things and decide, is this something that's serving me? Do I need it? Do I use it? Do I love it? Sparking joy. Sparking joy. Nothing else really needs to live in your house. I do always kind of sometimes have a two-level system where I'll do a whole house declutter. and, And if I can't decide on something, I'll put it back. But it's that second round. I'll come back around and look at it again and be like, yeah, no, that thing goes. So if you do need to come back to something, just set it aside and come back to it again. Yeah, absolutely. I have the same thing because I find at the beginning... I'm a little bit more hesitant on getting rid of things, but by the end, I'm like, this is going, this is going, this is going, and I'm really cutthroat. So I also go through things twice, and that makes, you know, a bit more of an impact on my things. Definitely. Um, One thing Minimal Mom, Dawn, says is it's a muscle that you need to build up like every other muscle. So you practice and you lift the weights of decluttering and you get better and better and better until you're like throwing away your grandma's china without a blink of an eye. (laughs) I'm just joking. Don't throw away your grandma's china. Are you joking? (laughs) Well, I did. (laughs) Remember, I threw away that china, which I had been carting around for 20 years. I'm not into china. It's just not my thing. And finally, I asked her mom, I said, you know, I really don't want this. Do you want it back? And she goes, oh, that's actually grandma's friends. I just thought you might like it. (laughs) Here I'm carting around this china, which I thought was so special to our family, and it wasn't. Oh, geez. So if you don't want something, you know, you could always ask the people that... It means something, too. Because really, it meant more to my mom than me. I cherish my grandmother's memory, not through stuff. Yeah, you've never been one to kind of hold things... No. ...in terms of material things very close, so... No, no, not at all. But I do collect every greeting card ever given to me. (laughs) so weird. Nothing else. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so once we've decluttered, we've gone through our whole house, we've decluttered all those spaces, everything has been donated or sold, it's gone. How can we prevent it from happening again? Well, I think the first thing is routines, um, having a system so that it doesn't happen in the first place. Yeah. And visiting your different areas of your house on a regular basis. Absolutely. So one thing in the fly lady system that Steph's kind of adapted a little bit is the hotspot, which is two minutes, setting a timer for two minutes, not long every day. And that just kind of puts that little fire out on the hotspot and it doesn't build up. Yeah. And remember the hotspot is the place where you're dropping things. So just going through that chair at the front entryway or your desk every single day, a little bit. And so that it can stay nice and clear. 
Yeah. So that kind of comes in hand with doing a little bit every day as opposed to, you know, all of a sudden becoming so overwhelmed that you have to do something massive. I mean, there's a time for that, but if you keep it up, it won't, you won't have this huge job. Yeah, exactly. I think also being really conscious about what we're bringing into our home and so what we're purchasing, but also what we're giving other people as gifts Absolutely. And this is something I've adopted for my kids, especially because, you know, our family members like to buy toys for our kids. Oh, they love to and buy toys. And toys build up so fast. I mean, you were just saying this morning that our mom has bought in your little guy like three dump trucks. You're like, I think I'm good on the dump trucks. <laughs> yeah, I got lots of dump trucks, mom. So I like to ask for experiences. I ask for, you know, gift cards to play places or the zoo or passes. And one time we actually had a birthday party and maybe this is tacky to some people, but instead of a gift, we said, bring $5 from each of, you know, our friends instead of a gift. And we put that towards an amusement park pass. Yeah. And I liked that you said what the money was for. You weren't just like bring cash. <laughs> yeah. And we put it towards our kids amusement park pass because, you know, we yeah. had a huge birthday party. It was an outside park. So there was like 30 different families coming. Yeah. And so, you know, we put it towards this pass that the kids had enjoyment of all summer. Yeah. You guys really put that to use too. No, I think it's great because $5, nobody's going to be able to find a gift for $5. Yeah. They're all. saving money. They're saving money. You're getting something that you know you're going to use. They're not cluttering up your home. I don't know how much you spend, but like I can't get out of a birthday party without spending at least 20 $5 on a gift. Yeah, my everything budget's all, usually about that. Everything lower than that is garbage. Yeah. And, and But then you go to these birthday parties with 20 kids and yeah, you're like, oh, this poor mother now has to deal with all this stuff. I love it. I think it's I think it's genius. I also love that you're keeping the donation box in your house at all times. That's definitely worth repeating because it makes such a difference. And it could be cute. You could get like a wicker basket. I know you use a cardboard box. Yes, I do. As a little piece of decor. But you could get a cute little basket or just have a designated place to put stuff that you never want to see anymore. Instead of throwing it in the closet, throw it in the donation bin. Absolutely. And whenever I'm kind of going to that area, I think, oh, let me grab my box, my beautiful decorative cardboard box and throw it in the trunk. So yeah. And then the last thing I think is just having homes for your places. That was kind of the first point we discussed. So coming back to that last, having places for things, having labels on them. So everybody in your family knows where they belong, having places where your kids can put stuff away. I've seen at daycares, they'll have photos on boxes of toys. So they mm, don't have to be idea. able to read. They can just put stuff right away. Having hooks for your kids to be able to put their jackets up basically making your home organized in a way that's accessible to all the people in yeah there. not just you because you don't want to be the only one cleaning up all the time yeah you want to think about storage solutions which is so popular right now that makes it easier to put things away like you said the hooks hooks are key in our home I am too lazy to hang something on a hanger. I've come to terms with that. Yeah. Hooks are very important for me because otherwise my jacket's on the floor. Yeah. So finding things and, you know, being honest with yourself, are you going to get this storage solution and actually use it or is it just going to look nice? Yeah, exactly. Because it's all pretty the first time you do it, but if you don't continue to use it, it just goes to waste. We did that in our fridge. I wanted to have a really pretty fridge with clear containers. I went and got all this stuff. I made a video about it and it looked amazing. And my husband was absolutely disgusted. He's like, I'm not doing this. Why would I take cheese and put it in another container just to put it in the fridge? I was like, it looks great. He's like, not happening. So it wasn't a solution that worked for everybody. He was probably right. It was way more extra steps than <laughs> needed to be. It looked really nice it at first. Um, we do use those clear containers for other things now, but yeah, it didn't work for our family. So make sure it's something that's actually going to work for you and not just look nice in a picture the minute you finish. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I think wrapping up, just talking about what we do in terms of decluttering and how, you know, our biggest reminders for people. I know on our Facebook page, the Secret Slob kind of motivation and accountability group, which I'm sure a lot of people listening are part of, we talk a lot about decluttering. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the first step in people when they're trying to kind of get things together. And so a reminder, if people want to join that, there's always a lot of support there. And and some awesome before and after pictures. Oh, it's impressive. What people do with, oh, it's just crazy. And and really, rooms will go from so cluttered to empty. Yeah. And you realize that room was literally full of stuff you didn't even want. And of course you know that because if a room's all piled up and you don't even know what's in there, how could you possibly want those things? Absolutely. And I think for a lot of people in this group, they're finding, you know, that they might not have a friend or family member in the same position of them when it comes to maybe they've really gotten out of hand with the clutter. But on this group, there's a lot of people with clutter issues that you can definitely relate to if, the, if that's you. Yeah, you're not alone. The other thing that we're doing right now, and I mentioned it earlier, is we're having a giant declutter challenge over on my channel, The Secret Slob, tackling one small space a day. And there's a principle that goes along with it. You don't have to follow along with us right now in real time. You can always just pick it up whenever. But I like to do this once a year, give you a little bit of motivation. We're actually doing prizes this month too. So mm-hmm. if you do hop over there, you could win something. It's free, by the it's way. Totally yeah. It's totally free. free. And it's just motivation to get going and tackle some of those spaces you might not have thought about. Yesterday we did cords, which <laughs> for me, I haven't told you my string theory yet about cords. Any cord that comes in contact with another cord will inevitably become tangled with it. <laughs> That's the real string theory. But we did cords, which isn't something you might think about. You're like, oh, there's that bin of cords I never look at. But really, it's all those little things that add up and make clutter overflow into the rest of your house. Absolutely. I think it's a, yeah, a great place for anybody who's feeling like they don't know where to start to start with that one small area at a time. Yeah, totally. I love this topic. I love talking decluttering, throwing things away and buying new things (laughs) from my neighbor's garage sales is pretty much my... How we justify buying a ton of junk (laughs) every day, basically. (laughs) But really great topic. Super good to discuss. I love just talking about this one in spring when everybody can start having garage sales and getting some of that stuff out of their house and breathing life into the house and into your spaces. So let us know what you're doing to declutter this spring or if you have any amazing tips. We always love to hear them. Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a comment. We love doing it. We're almost at our 10th episode. Very exciting. And we even have some guests coming up in the future, which I can't wait for. Absolutely. It's going to be fun. So that's a really great topic. Great discussion. Always a good reminder to kind of keep on top of this. Yeah. Loved it. Okay. Now we've reached the end of the podcast, which is our favorite part because we share a funny story from our past and there is no shortage of them. Today is your turn. Go for it, Jill. All right. So my story, you know, it's fairly recent. I think it was a year or two ago. My son went to daycare, quite a large daycare, and you had to bring blankets for them to nap with. And so I did. You have to wash them every week and then bring them back on Monday. No problem. You know, most times it would just end up like in this like dirty ball in my trunk and I'd fold it up nicely pretending like I washed it for (laughs) Monday. (laughs) Sometimes I washed it. This particular time I did. (laughs) So I brought them in and then when I went to pick up my son at the, at the end of the day, there was a bunch of parents there and the daycare worker was like, uh, I put something in, um, your son's cubby. You just, it was on his blanket. And I was like, well, what is it? You know, just tell me what it is. <laughs> Do you remember this? No. And I was like, well, just tell me what it is. And she's like, it's just in there. It's just something that was on his blanket. And I was like, okay, 
where? Like, what, what is what is this thing? I'm just, like, not putting it together that she's trying to be discreet about it, and all these parents are kind of like, yeah, what is it? What is it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking it's, like, some sort of, like, picture he's drawn or some cute thing she's put in my cubby. And oh, you like, thought it was something, like, that he did at preschool. Yeah, like, she's like, it was on his blanket, and I wasn't really getting that. <laughs> no, no. She comes over, and she's like, it's just in there. And I was like, okay, so I lift it up. I'm not kidding. I probably have one pair of sexy underwear in my life. <laughs> And it so happened that, obviously in the dryer, my, like, leopard print G-string had, like, staticked itself to my son's blanket and was in there. So I pulled it out and I was like, yep, okay, thank you. And just, like, shove it into my pocket and get out of there as quickly Did as everyone me. see? Yes. Because I, the poor daycare lady is trying to be nice to me, but I'm like, well, what is it? Tell me. Just, like, get it for me. It's like, like, you know, just take the hint, Jill. But no. Everyone Follow instructions, off. please. And I was, like, so awkward about it that I wish, looking back, I would have just been like, oh, my gosh, like, that's so funny, but I was awkward. You put it in, put it in my pocket. pocket. <laughs> Save that for later. And ran out, so. <laughs> Anyways, you know, awesome. just watch. Those blankets can be staticky. And... Oh, my gosh. We had the same thing happen with my husband's work where he brings home the tea towels <laughs> once in a while to wash them after they're all dirty. <laughs> and then he comes, he brings them back, and there's a pair of underwear in them that he's washed. And so then he brings it home and he goes, oh, some of your underwear was in the wash with the tea towels. I said, those aren't even my underwear. And then I'm like, whose underwear are at your work in the laundry basket? Who's having you wash their... Anyways, we figured out whose they were. They had come from someone else's house who had done the laundry a previous time. But yeah, it was pretty funny when he brought home the underwear and gives them to me like some stranger. Uh, sorry. Oh, I, sorry, I kind of like hijacked your No, story, it's but... funny. It's like when you wear your pants and you feel like that lump in your like, calf and you realize you're like underwear from the day before. It's like still in your pants that you've pulled up. But... Oh, I hate that. I know. And then you're discreetly like shoving your hand like, up your This pants. is so weird. These pants were just washed. <laughs> you know you're just like literally stepping into them where you drop them the day exactly. before pulling them back up <laughs> oh good stuff always fun to have a laugh at the end of these i love that okay very good embarrassing story thanks everybody for listening today and we're trying to get one out every week we've been good so far we yep. will see you next week or we'll talk to you next week i guess for episode number 10 awesome see you everyone bye bye